as we continue in the book of Acts, we see how the Apostle Paul, as he's traveled from Corinth, now he's on his way to Ephesus. We are introduced to Apollos, who is also helped by Aquila and Priscilla on his journey. The passage in Acts chapter 19 from verse 1 to 7 reveals a few things that I like to talk about as we have talked through some other things in our discussion earlier on. So let's look at some five things that come out of the passage that I have drawn out. So Acts 19, 1 to 7 says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Can you imagine? They hadn't even heard about the Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one that is coming after him. And that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When, he, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. And he says there were about 12 of them. There are five observations I would like to draw out of this passage. That it's important to ask the right questions. It's also important to be honest. It's important that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's important to be baptized both in water and in the Holy Spirit. And it's also important that we keep growing. We don't have all the time. But those are the five things I like to draw out of the passage within the short time we, are, we have today in our family service. So grab your Bibles, get your notebooks, get the people around you, and then let's look at the Word of God together. So, asking the right questions and being honest. As we can see, the Apostle Paul asked two key questions. Number one was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? It does show us that it's either the, the Apostle Paul observed some things in the lives of those young believers and he thought, there's something missing. And then he asked them. Or it was quite obvious that they hadn't quite understood what it meant to enjoy all that it was in Christ yet. And through their questions, he also engaged them and asked them further questions. We don't know all, everything that transpired in that conversation. But we have these two key questions that manifest, uh, that are shown to us, that he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? The two key words there, received and believed, are very important. And I'll come back to that. His second question, which we see in verse 3, is about 
the Holy um, about baptism. And he asked them, then what baptism did you receive? Because in the early church, when the people came to Christ, they were baptized in water. Now, prior to that, and their answer was that they had only received the baptism of John, which was the baptism of repentance. Prior to that, John the Baptist, who was a forerunner of Jesus, was proclaiming to people, repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And as he declared that, people became aware that, and he talked also about the coming Messiah, the one whose sandals he was not worthy to untie. And those who gave him their ear listened. And in response to his message, they got baptized as a sign to say, I'm open to the kingdom of God. And therefore, I repent. I ask the Lord, I, I make a decision to change my course of direction and I want to be a follower of God. And in the old covenant, that was the best way they understood of repenting. And so being baptized in water by John was symbolic that those who had repented were making a commitment that they wanted to follow the principles of the kingdom of God the best way they knew how. We thank God for all that we've learned from our Jewish brothers all over the centuries. The Bible documents how their example and the things that God has used them to do shows us a lot. And let's be grateful for what they have exampled for us so that we can continue in this legacy. We, so in the body of Christ, it's important that we value our history, where we have come from, the, where, our, where our beginnings were. And this shows us very much that the church was birthed out of the, the, God, the journey God had with the Jews. And as Jesus came to them and the gospel then spread, both from the Jew and now across the Gentile world, let's be grateful. So as he declared that, people came and they were baptized. So these early disciples in Ephesus only knew about the baptism of John. But here the apostle Paul then says, I think they need more. But they were hungry. But the key thing is also is that they were honest. Have you, have you ever found yourself in a situation where either you've not asked the right question or when you've been asked the right question, you've not been fully honest? Because there are times when we know we have to be honest. It would reveal how much we don't know. But that's all right. Especially when it comes to our walk with God and our growing, there must always be that desire to be vulnerable and to be open and to be honest. They gave an honest answer. They said, we've not even heard about the Holy Spirit and the baptism we've heard of is the baptism of John. What have you heard? What are the gaps in our knowledge, in your knowledge? Where are the gaps in your knowledge in following Christ? As they honestly answered, it allowed the Apostle Paul then to teach them more. And we then see later in the, in the book of Ephesians, because he spent time there, as we travel along in the chapter you see, he spent time and he taught them. And there were miracles that were done. Extraordinary miracles were done through him. And he taught so many disciples. A major school of discipleship was established in Ephesus because they were hungry. Out of these hungry believers, a major flourishing work of God went right across the world. He prayed a prayer for the Ephesian church which I'd like us to, to look at. And then we'll, we'll go into the tank and remind ourselves of the call 
of the Lord to grow deeper from water to the spirit. And if you've even not been baptized in water, why not consider that? But we'll come to that in a minute. So Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul is praying for the Ephesian church. And there are some major things he prays in that. So if you're watching me and you're a parent, you're a spiritual parent, you're a natural parent, you're somebody who's led others to Christ, or you're more mature, you've been further on on the journey. This is a major, major way to pray. It's an exciting, eye-opening way to pray. He starts off in verse Ephesians chapter 1. It's, there are so many things I could pull out there, but because of time, I'll just go straight to verse 15. He says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love, for all God's people, these believers who were honest about where they were at and were willing and longing to go further and to grow, these were discipled and nurtured. And now many of them have matured and their faith has become strong. He says, I pray. He says, as, I, as I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. And that's what we do. Those of my wife and I and the leadership team, we often give thanks to God for the church. We thank God for your lives. Just as the Ephesian church was prayed for by the Apostle Paul, he says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Who have you remembered recently in your prayers? Mention them by name. He says, I keep asking, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So the whole thing about the Holy Spirit, because when we are born again, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us. He's the one who makes us alive. He's the one who we are sealed in. He's a guarantee that shows that we belong to God. And now he's praying that I pray that the Father will continue to, to help you to know him, to know the Holy Spirit. Back to the same question, have you received him? And I pray for you. Our prayer is that we all will continually grow in our walk with the Holy Spirit. No matter whether you're a child, a young person, or wherever you are in your journey, we can grow in our walk with the Holy Spirit. So I keep asking that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Do you want to know him better? The Ephesians wanted to know him better. They were honest. They were hungry. They were open. Oh, may we be such a people that are hungry and thirsty that we will go deeper in our walk with the Lord. There's so much more he wants to open to us so that you may know him better. That is a key thing. How much do you know him? Do you know his voice? Do we know his heart? Do we know the things that grieve him? That we might know him better. That we might walk with him closer. That we might go deeper with him. That we might avail ourselves that his power will flow through us in the stronger ways. That's what he's saying, that you might know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened 
in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Wow. What a prayer. What a prayer. I pray that the eyes of your heart, and that is my prayer for us, the Lord opened the eyes of our hearts that we would know the hope to which we've been called. We've been called to an amazing hope. He says that as our eyes are enlightened or opened, as our understanding deepens, we will know the hope to which we have been called and the riches. Imagine this. He says the riches of his glorious inheritance in us. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. That's what he wants to reveal in us. That's why this question about, do you know him? Have you received him is key. This is the Apostle Paul praying that you continue to grow deeper in your knowledge of him, that you will know him, that he will reveal Christ. He will know the Father, but he will walk closer with the Holy Spirit. Your eyes will be open, flooded with light, that you would know the hope. You're filled with hope, hope for now, hope for the future. Know that this calling is real. It's a heavenly calling. The glorious inheritance that he has. The riches of his glorious inheritance in us. His holy people. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody just lift up your hands and give him thanks. Father, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're revealing to us. You continue to reveal to us the glorious riches, the glorious inheritance. We have the riches of your glorious inheritance in us. He says, and his incomparable power for us who believe. His incomparable great power for us who believe. Have you believed? So there's glorious inheritance in us, but there's also great power at our disposal. And that's what he's saying. I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be opened. That's what the Holy Spirit wants us to see, who we have, who we have become, the glorious inheritance that the Father has deposited in us and the power at our disposal. Oh, I'm getting excited. That power is the same as the mighty strength he has exerted, he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the prayer. That our eyes will be open to know that we are carrying something, we've got something precious on our inside. And that's what the Holy Spirit is seeking to do to show us You've been made alive. You've been seated with him in righteousness. You're seated in heavenly places. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're sanctified. You've been made clean. He's the one who makes us holy. He's the one who helps us. He fills us with godly wisdom so that we'll stand out and make a difference in this world. Wherever you are, that we can serve him well. But the glorious riches of his glorious inheritance in us manifesting and his power at work the power that raised Christ from the dead. He's, he wants our eyes to open to that we would know that this power is at our disposal. The same spirit 
He says, yes, he that seated him uh, and raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. Somebody shout, hallelujah. Oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. Have you received the Holy Spirit? This is what the Apostle Paul wanted them to experience continually. This is my prayer for us as well, for myself and for everybody listening, that we will grow in our walk with him, that with the Holy Spirit, he's real. He's God, the Spirit of God, who now has come to endure as he walks beside us and he wants to be upon us mightily, that through us, the mighty works of God will be shown in the earth. Wherever we go, the power of God will manifest. His love, his, his peace, his presence, his power, his glory will manifest in the earth. Wherever you're watching me from, the glory of God is seeking expression through us. He says, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. And that's what our eyes are being opened to recognize. This is the inheritance we are walking in. But if we don't know it, we can't walk in it. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, I just need you. Maybe you can join me in prayer. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need your fresh and filling in my life. If you're already filled with the Holy Spirit, just pray for fresh and filling. Pray that we'll be being filled. Pray for your children. Young people, pray. Don't disqualify yourselves. The Holy Spirit is no respecter of persons. He's looking for anybody who's hungry that he might fill them and use them, for, use them for his glory. Thank you, Lord. And if you never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit today, if you've been water baptized, which I'll talk about in a minute, why not desire to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? Even if you're not water baptized, you can still be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And there's evidence, there are fruit that manifest in our life. The fruit of the Spirit manifests. His power manifests in our lives as we allow him. As we allow him, why not receive gifts to the Holy Spirit? I pray that you'll be filled wherever you are now, right? The Bible says he placed his hands on them and they received the infilling of the Spirit and they, it manifested. They prophesied, they spoke in tongues. Receive now, receive the touch of God. Receive an awakening in your heart. Receive the empowerment of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Be filled afresh. Be filled to the overflow. Be filled to the overflow in the name of Jesus. Receive the touch of God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm standing in the baptismal tank, and we've baptized hundreds of people from this tank over the years. Many have testified of their witness that I belong to Jesus. As the Apostle Paul asked them, have you, what baptism did you receive? Have you been baptized in water yet? If not, I want to remind you, as we're reminded in, John, in Romans chapter 6, baptism symbolizes that we are one with Christ in his death. So as we are baptized and we take people down in the water, we, we, we identify with our death with Christ. Another person comes out of the water. They identify that they are one with Christ in his resurrection. 
And for the early church, it was a declaration. I am a follower of Christ. It was a public de declaration of their faith. And it still is today. But it also is a sign that my sins have been washed away. Washed, have been cleansed. I'm one with Christ in his death, in his resurrection. I make a public witness that I am a follower of Christ. The same way in which we're baptized in water is the same way we're invited to be immersed. To be baptized means to be immersed. We want to be immersed in, in the Holy Spirit. So he over, overwhelms us. Every aspect of our being is soaked with him inside and out. But our lives will never be the same. If you've not yet been water baptized, I invite you. Why not consider we will be inviting those who want to be baptized and we're going to do a baptism next month. We're supposed to do some this month, but it didn't quite work out as planned. So why not get ready? Show your interest that you'd like to be baptized and we'll prepare you for baptism. And wherever you are, you can be baptized, even in these restricted times of lockdown. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Amen.